You're listening to The Grits Blitz, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. Heyo. Hey, man. What's up? Not much, dude. Dude, so uh, we're going to produce another podcast in the same month. So that's uh, breaking news for us. I know. Big deal. It's very awesome. So within a month, I mean, our fans should be going crazy right now. I know. Our fan base should be ecstatic. Ecstatic. All of you guys out there, I know you guys are fist bumping in the air. As soon as you see this come across your podcast feed, that the Grits Blitz has another episode out. I mean, I bet you most people were expecting maybe like a few months before we sent anything else back out to them. So, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. You know, and believe it or not, you know, there's actually some stuff to talk about finally. Yeah, uh, I know. In in this world. Uh, one being, you know, our draft picks. Um, so last time we talked, which was which was very, you know, incredible analysis of yeah. of what we were thinking. Uh, but the last time we talked, we were talking about the draft and what would potentially happen. And so now here we are, post draft, and it's happened, and we have seen what the Falcons did, and. To say it was, it wasn't surprising. So it was very to Falcon, to the Falcon way that it went. We were hoping that they would surprise us and maybe draft, you know, like a go up and go crazy in the first round and get a Chase Young. Yeah, a guy like that. I mean, realistically, probably not him, but someone at that level or tier. Or go defensive line, and they did in the second round, and I think that was actually a better pick than the maybe the first round pick. So let's let's just go pick by pick through this. And so in yeah. the first round, the Atlanta Falcons pick, I think their pick was 16th, and they picked AJ Terrell um, from Clemson. Yeah. And AJ Terrell was a three year starter for them. I think he did win a national championship with them, and then lost one with the with against LSU this year, and he gets ripped for the LSU game for really only like two to three plays where he was they were and believe you know they're significant plays. So a lot of people are saying okay, so there's two sides of this coin with Agent AJ Terrell. There's the side yeah. of the coin that people are saying he is he is terrible. He is awful. Uh he, he he completely sucks. Did you guys not watch him in the LSU game? There's the other side of the AJ Terrell saying hey, it's just a few plays that he played really bad, you can't judge a man on a few plays for his entire career. I have a rebuttal for both of those arguments. The first rebuttal to he sucks, didn't you see him in the LSU game? And yes, the answer is yes, I saw him in the LSU game. I saw that he got burned three times and was was seen missing fre- frequently missing tackles. Yeah. But to, to summate who he is based on playing against the elite of the elite wide receivers. I mean, these, the guys that he was playing against one was chase. Uh, he, I think his name was chase. I forget. Uh, the guy that he was matched up, which was one of the best wide receivers in, you know, the entire NCAA he's matched up with him and he's playing man on man with him more than just a few plays where he got burned. The majority of the place he was actually locking down this guy and he got burned a few times and, and they were, and just, but to pretend like those weren't big plays, like it's just a few plays. Well, those few plays were very important plays. Uh, I think one of them resulted in a yeah. touchdown, uh, and in the most important game of all time that he was playing in up to that moment. So the other side of the coin is saying you can't judge him based on those few plays, but I think you can, and I think you should, because I think a lot of times a player is made and can be made. Um, you can see what a player can be or potentially be in those moments. And yeah. we can 
Nick, we can say a Nick in his armor, a chink in his armor is he, in a big moment, didn't make a play. He didn't make the tackle. He didn't defend the ball and make the tackle and and prevent a touchdown. You know, he didn't wrap up. You know, he didn't, you know, there's one play in particular where he runs up to make a tackle on the running back and the running back runs him over and the running back springs loose for you know, so there's these these plays that he didn't make in the national championship game against LSU were no. massive. Um, but I think there's like a, I think there is a tension that you got to hold between both sides. Did the Falcons, you know, make a mistake in drafting AJ Terrell? I don't necessarily think so. Did they reach to draft AJ Terrell? I think they did reach to draft AJ Terrell. I think yeah. they actually could have traded backwards, collected some more picks, in, yeah, or collected more picks for next year by trading backwards and we would have been able maybe to draft him, you know, at 20 or 25. So yeah. to draft him at 16, it seemed, it seemed a little, you know, it didn't seem quite right. So, I mean, you go ahead. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about the guy, I mean, as much as we critique Quinn, like Quinn is, and he, and we, are having, you know, Quinn is a very confusing animal when it comes to defense because you think about everything he did in Seattle, um, bringing the Legion of Boone together, all those guys, and um, just being great, you know, being phenomenal, being like, I feel like that was the first defense I, rem- I remember. I mean, we're fairly young. That was like, I mean, I just had never seen a defense play like that at all levels of the field, you know, levels of place. So, like, you think about him doing stuff like that, and then you, you see, you know, when, when I remember – texting you like even when a did that aj terrell maybe it wasn't you it might have been one of my friend my other college buddies but it was like you know i turned off i turned off the tv because <laughs> i was so upset i was like i really wanted you know an edge an edge rusher or something like that um you know which we had talked about you know some uh the south carolina um gosh i can never say his last name um but or like chase on the lsu guy but like i was i was hoping to get somebody like that and so we, we even talked about how we thought we thought it was we were probably going to do a classic Falcon moving to snag a corner, but I mean, here's the I mean the thing that's interesting about AJ Terrell is doing some research on research on him is realizing like in his college career, like quarterbacks didn't really throw at him in his two years he was a starter he was at LS, he was at Clemson for three years but he started two his final two years there and he averaged you know two to three targets a game. The quarterbacks only threw the ball his way, whoever he was guarding, two or three times a game, which is pretty ridiculous if you really think about it. So um, I'm not an expert or anything like this, but, I mean, you know, college football teams like to score. And if you want to score, it seems like the game plan was not to throw it at A.J. Terrell. So, you know, there's some some kind of impressive things about him – when you, when you look at stuff like that, you know, he's, he's not an incredibly tall or big guy, you know, six one. So he's right, right. I mean, he's kind of tall, he's lengthy. He's the taller side. He's yeah. Tall he's long. Him. He's long arms. You know, he's, he's fast. And so it's, I kind of, the more and more I've thought about it, the more and more I actually like the pick um, as much as it was frustrating. Um, and as much as we really, we really do need help on the outside with our cornerbacks. I think, I think, you know, he has potential to be really great. Um, I went back last week and watched some of his film and um, he has some pretty incredible film. So the plays, at least I was watching, were, um, I mean, it was like a highlight reel. So it was his highlights, but I was like, some of those, I mean, he just makes some athletic plays. Um, he sticks with wide receivers. Um, he doesn't get shaken very easily. At least in, in man-to-man, I was showing. Yeah, he's, so. he's step-to-step with uh, the LSU guys. He's step-to-step with most wide receivers every single time. He's, he's not going to get burned. He's fast. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, he led Mikey. He led the league. He led college football as a cornerback with the least amount of targets, like least targets per game per snap, like out of starting yeah. corners in college football. Yeah, and my experience of AJ Terrell of watching him in college was essentially the LSU game and Alabama games. The LSU game sticking out the most because of recency bias, and he didn't look great. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't look great, but. Can we define him based on one game? I think you can to a degree. Um, is he young and can become better? I think so. Um, will he get better with Dan Quinn? I think so. Will he get better in OTAs and coming in off of camp? 
and coming into the league? Yes, because he's going to be competing against Julio and Calvin Ridley and Treadwell and Hurst, and he's going to be competing against some, you know, talented wide receivers. He's going to be going against the best of the best. So coming into the, you know, if he doesn't start day one, though, I think it's a miss. Um, it's a big problem because you get rid of Trufant and you got to replace you got to get someone to replace him. And you did that with Terrell. Okay, great. You got him. Now he needs to be ready to play. And and be and he needs to be able – with our zone scheme, he fits the zone scheme that we run in Atlanta, yeah. which is uh, d- don't, you know, you know, let everything stay in front of you, come up and make tackles. He is shady in a little bit of his tackling. People were saying that he's not a physical corner, but he is a physical corner. He's handsy. Um, he's, he, I can see that he's scrappy and he, he makes, he makes, uh, he puts extra pressure on wide receivers to beat you, to beat him. So he, he adds a little yeah. everything to his game of some hand slapping, some kind of chicken fighting stuff, m- maneuvering some pops and, 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 and here and there. And he's very physical. So he might get called for penalties, but I'll take those in a sense to, uh, to throw some wide receivers off their game. I think, I think he's going to be, I think if he starts, I think he's a good, if he is starting and and it's like our number one corner. I mean, who, who else do we have out there? We have Isaiah Oliver. Um, Yeah. You know, so he's a chance. Those guys have not locked up anything. You you have KZ and you have Keanu Neal. Um, You can potentially move him even to safety if he's struggling and you can move a KZ around, you know, and, we can see what happens there. I don't know if yeah. that's what's going to happen. Um, I do think picking it was a reach for him at 16. So, and I, I, I don't think it's a flop. People, people, do I think it's when I first saw it, I was frustrated immediately. Um, now, when I saw what happened in the second round, I became less frustrated <laughs> because in the yeah. second round we we draft Marlon Davidson. Um, and he is a, let's talk about that guy a, he is this is where Atlanta with AJ Terrell and Marlon Davidson getting those two guys I think was was it was when you look back on it after sleeping on it a few weeks you go back and go that we we, we fixed we got pieces for where we needed pieces and it wasn't you know, it's really – I really don't like drafting corners because they're so – because who's a good corner anymore? You can't really be a good corner. The whole game revolves around wide yeah. receivers and quarterbacks, and they're going to call every P.I. Like, there's no such thing as a good – like, you can't be a corner. It's impossible to be a corner. I mean, you got, like, the Davian Howards and the Byron Jones but and no, Jalen Ramsey. You can't do it. I mean – but the, you're right. They, the scheme has changed. The, game's the scheme changed has changed. You're going to get a flag yeah. in clutch moments when you're being a clutch corner nowadays. You don't have, you know, the Revis Islands anymore. Like, it's it's over for cornerbacks. Like, if there's a position in the league that's kind of meaningless right now, it's cornerback. A little. I mean, it's. I mean, it's in some in some sense, but in some sense, like it's also, I could argue that it's super valuable though too. Like. I mean, with the amount of like, with the amount of, you know, three out sets you're seeing now. Now it's not like, oh, teams have a top, you know, wide receiver. Well, here's you know, my question. Or top two wide receivers. It's like you have a top three wide receivers now. Like, there are, there are three wide receivers on teams who are putting up incredible numbers. But here's like, the question: Can you? Is AJ Terrell? Can you not just find a cheap option out there right now? And would he be just as good as AJ Terrell this year? Yes. Yeah. You can just go find a True, guy that's, that's going to value. You, you good thing you got rid of Trufant. You shouldn't pay corners either. Do not pay them money. Do not waste your money. Pay defense alignment. Pay them the money. But do not pay corners the money. They're not worth the money. There's so many of them out there too. It's just a plethora of players like that. And I think you can like I think you can get guys that come in. Now there are a few. There's like two or three that are like significant game changers. But outside of that, I'd rather have safe, you know, safety and corner. I'd rather have safeties in a sense um, than 
cornerbacks because it's just yeah. it's a league it's a league geared towards the offenses and so there's a million wide receivers there's a million corners and the drafting them you know drafting corners doesn't really to me make a ton of sense when you can just go out and pay guys that can be better than rookies in their first year now does this does this reveal a little bit that Dan Quinn's job is not in jeopardy, that he can draft a guy that he's going to develop over a year or two or three? Yes, probably. Like, and, and is it A.J. Terrell? He might, he's probably going to be a, a very good corner for us. Yeah. But will he be one this year? I think he'll be good. I think he'll be a contributor. You know what I mean? And I think it's an upgrade in the sense that you got rid of Trufant and yeah. you got all that money freed up, and now you've just got a guy that is going to potentially get better instead of true font. I mean, it's 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 hard when you get. I mean, if you get a guy like like a dirt, like I feel like there's. You're right. I think there's few and far between. Like there are guys, like the good guys, put themselves ahead of other people almost. Like like they're miles ahead. Like a Derwin James. Like a guy like like a safety like that coming into the draft. It's like, you know, that's a, you know. He's a he's a freak, you know, and he's that's you know, the Isaiah gonna, Simmons guy. Yeah, that's who that's who I was hoping would sneak back to us. That was my fingers crossed prayer in the night was well, as the night went on, realizing he was falling farther and farther back, and until the Cardinals took him, I was like, I was really hoping he would sneak back because I just think he's such an intriguing player. But yeah, and yeah, I think he he's phenomenal. I think he would be great. I, and I think, he and was, truthfully, think about think about him. Think about him with tight ends these days. Think about a guy like Travis Kelsey. I mean, you can put a Keanu Neal on him or like a Deion Jones on him, but it's like either way, like you know, Deion's phenomenal. But like you know, there's 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 some mismatch there. Keanu, you know, he's phenomenal. But like an Isaiah Simmons, I mean, that's you know, that's the new that's the new guy you're going to want covering tight ends. You know, that's the guy who, if the tight end stays down and block, can still. Yeah. I think I lost Connor for a second, but essentially AJ Terrell, I and knee jerk reaction was, oh man, what a bummer. But when you go back and look at the film, you see that he really does have some great length, great hands, great ability to play the ball in the air, um, and is able to um, move um, really, really fast and keep step in step with wide receivers. They don't get separation. I would like to see him improve on tackling, and I, and I think he's physical. I think people are saying he's not physical, and I think he is very physical. I think he will come up and hit people, and I think he has great route-reading abilities. He's able to read routes and jump them. I think he's a, I think he's a student of the game and studies the game, and so I think – those attributes are going to pay huge dividends for the Atlanta Falcons. Do I think he's the 16th pick? Should have been the 16th pick? No. I think the Falcons reach. But what do you do? It's a tough situation. All right, I'm going to get Connor back on, and then we're going to continue this. Hey, man. What's up, dude? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure – that you can hear me. So, what's up? Well, guys, this is uh, the Grits Blitz out from the grave. It's It's been quite some time before a post has happened, and so our apologies. Uh, you deserve better, so we are sorry. And so uh, we're trying to get back on and, and give you an episode before uh, draft night. So I'm excited. I'm wearing my Matt Ryan uh, all-black jersey. Um, with the old logo on it, and I'm wearing a, a red Falcons cap right now. Uh, so I'm sporting it, man. I'm, I'm pumped. How are you feeling about uh, tonight? Man, I, I'm excited too. So I think it's a, it's a big night for us. It feels like, for me, it's, the draft is needed. You know, we, I feel like this is – hopefully we can get some, some resurgence on the defensive side of things with some young players. And I feel like defensively, this draft is – like overwhelmingly stocked full of guys who are potential, you know, playmakers, you know, pro bowl, pro bowl picks. So I feel, I have a feeling we're going to get one of those guys. So I'm pretty pumped and I'm wearing my Atlanta Falcons hoodie. 
I'm going to be walking around today in North Carolina sporting it all over the place. So um, I know it's kind of it's kind of sad to think about that this might be the only football we get to see. We don't we we don't really know what's going to happen with this pandemic and if there's even going to be an NFL season. So, man, it's it's time to go all out. If you got your jerseys, put them on for tonight because who knows if there'll be a season or not. I do think there will be one and yeah, before we I guess I should have started off with this. So man, if you're out there and, and, and you're struggling through this pandemic, uh we're right there with you. Uh we know that this is uh not the greatest of times for human beings and uh and we understand that it's uh it can be pretty tough um for those of you who maybe who have gotten sick uh and, and are sick right now. Like that's that's yeah. a struggle. Um and if you're if someone in your family's affected I mean, this uh, virus is no joke. It it takes lives, and and it's and that's and that's the hard truth, and and that's something that America is having to swallow right now, and that we're all kind of walking through. So we feel that um, we feel that for you guys, and and if you're out there and and you're struggling through this, um, and, and even if you haven't been affected, but you're struggling with anxiety or just the you know yeah. the stress of the news and 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 the kind of doom and gloom out there uh we feel that too and we feel yeah so hopefully um you know we we're here we're fans of the falcons we're here to talk about the falcons and but we also live in a reality where it's a pandemic and so um that's also one of the hard, you know one of the reasons why it's been hard for me to get on and and produce anything is partially cuz my job has turned essentially into the online yeah. world um, of Zoom calls and webcams and um, other podcasts that I have to manage and YouTube channels and so it's it's I'm almost like podcasted out, exhausted information out. But to the yeah. to those who are listening, uh, we hope that this is maybe just a brief moment of relief and um, just a moment to uh, and I think in a lot of ways that's what this draft is tonight for a lot of people is it's just a moment to tune into the sports world and, and check out a little bit. And, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay for everyone to get a moment um, break of rest um, from reality. Um, I'll tell you when the first, when sports got canceled, essentially um, I realized that I had a strong addiction to sports. Uh, I was, yeah. I was almost lost and, uh, and I'm actually kind of grateful that I've been able to kind of recalibrate, refocus and kind of be reminded yeah. of what's important, uh, my family and, and, and my friends. So, yeah. No, it's a. You're right, man. It's 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 a wild time we're living in. So, um, even more wild, just thinking that you know, depending on on which news source you're reading or uh, podcast you're listening to, it could, um, it could be a, it could be a a long, a long time. So life life probably won't be normal for for quite some time. So, um, and football won't be normal. Um, but yeah, like you said, Mike, even more so lives and, and the economy and jobs and, and things will be normal. So, yeah, well, let's, um, let's actually work from the Super Bowl up to, um, to this point. So the Kansas city chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers in a classic football game, which was awesome. I gave a little bit of a recap of that in the in the last episode that we produced. And so here we go into the off season and the pandemic hits and uh, things get crazy. Um, we're losing our minds. The whole world seems to be falling apart. Um, but we, we kind of got on top of that and uh, things were happening though in the sports world behind the scenes um, up to this point. And some of those things have been uh, trading players away and acquiring new players and cutting players. And so let's talk first about, Austin Hooper signing a big deal with the Cleveland Browns. Good for him, man. Good for him. That dude got paid. And um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's worth quite that money. And and a lot of people were like, oh man, we need to keep Austin. I'm like, yeah, he's good. He had a great season. Um, but he's not Travis Kelsey money. He's not, you know, George, George Kittle money. He's not, he's not those guys. And, uh, why, you know, I think he became the highest paid tight end in the NFL. And so it didn't make sense for the Falcons to pay him that money Yeah. when he's not, why would, you know, he is a top level tight end right now, especially in last season, but 
I mean, yeah. What is what is your? I mean, people know that we're not big hoop dogs, so yeah. Um, I'm a huge hater of Austin Hooper. So <laughs> keep listening to yeah any of our any of our um, any of our previous podcasts. You'll hear. I just hate him. I mean, what two years ago? I remember watching him. Like I think it was that crazy season where Matt Ryan had like only three legitimate interceptions or something. And other than that, I think he had like 15 tipped interceptions or something like that. Like some ridiculous number. Yeah. And yeah. we, I remember losing at home to the Miami Dolphins two years ago and Austin Hooper, we were, you know, Matty Ice was doing his thing and Austin Hooper ran like a, like a shallow post and Matt Ryan put it on his hands and Austin Hooper bobbled it into the hands of, you know, the Miami Dolphins safety. It was probably Minka Fitzpatrick or something, but, um, Joker just took it and they just ran out the clock because they yeah. were they were up by three points or something. And so that was the moment. That was the moment for me that defined Austin Hooper uh, being done in my mind. So yeah, um, yeah, dude. You don't. I just. I mean, teams that I feel like really win games like historically. Like I don't know. I mean, you might have. I think you have a, a good tight end or something, but you don't. You don't pay him a ridiculous amount of money like that. So. Um, Forty-four million dollars. I mean, yeah, forty-four million dollars with twenty-three million guaranteed is a ton of money. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just. I'm. I feel like I'm glad we didn't get stuck in that hole. So, yeah, it's not. It was not a good. Um, I don't think it was. Ex- I think good for the Browns. You got yourself a tight end. You got yourself a guy who can play, can catch. Uh, Maybe some he's healthy, block. big thing, healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. He's young. You got yourself maybe someone, someone pretty special. And you know, the Baker Mayfield and the Austin Hooper connection might be a thing. It might be great. It might work great for Cleveland. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't think the money that he needed that the Falcons, you know, with the big contracts with Ryan and Jones. Yeah. And and I think on Ridley's offense, coming up too. You can't quite. Uh, yeah. You can't justify with what he has played. Now, if he was playing like a Travis Kelsey or like a George Kittle, you, you yeah. got to keep that. And he you just not. couldn't. And so I think when you get Hurst, I think the guy from Baltimore, I think you're getting, I think you're getting an equal, tr- equal value with less yeah. money. So you're getting a guy of equal capabilities and, and may honestly be a better fit with Matt Ryan and, and be yeah. a more physical threat uh, and, and help, you know, with blocking and, and, and getting, you know, some run plays going. So I don't, you know, the difference between Hurst and Hooper, you know, it's a lot of money, but is there much on the field necessarily different? I don't I think really Hurst is know. a better blocker. So, so, I mean, I think he comes, he comes from a, a better, I mean, he comes from a, I mean, look, at, he comes from Baltimore. So that's a run first team, obviously, you know, with uh, Lamar Jackson and, and, uh, you know, Mark Ingram and, yeah. you know, Gus the bus down there. I mean, they're a run first team. And so that's, I mean, I think, I think that's something we've been missing. So hopefully he brings in some of that blocking aspect on the edge that we haven't really had. Um, but he also, I mean, if you, if you, if you follow him, if you look, he had an outstanding season last year. So he actually, you know, Mark Andrews as great as he was last year, you know, took away a lot of attention from Mark Andrews. You know, he's a big red zone, red zone target. Um, he can catch the football. He's shown that he can do that, but um I think I think with if you watched any Atlanta Falcons football last year, you saw it was the Matt Ryan show because we could not run the football. So I think he brings something um, a little more depth, like you said, to that blocking scheme where Austin Hooper, you know, really wasn't really wasn't showcasing his skills there. Um, so hopefully he can help us out on that end. But yeah, um, and I think it is just saving big money. I mean, Calvin Ridley's coming up; he's going to need a contract extension too. We've drafted some sort of underwhelming offensive lineman last year. So those guys are going to be coming up um, looking for extensions and stuff. So it's going to be, um, there's a lot of money going to be going out. So I feel like out of all the pieces we have uh, getting rid of him or, or letting him walk and getting rid of Devonte Freeman. Uh, I mean, that just feels like a smart move. So, yeah. So um, we, we dropped Freeman and we gained Todd Gurley and uh, you know, right when it came through the wire to me, I was immediately like, dang it. You get a guy who has arthritis coming in, and so <laughs> I was, I was just, this is, this is like we're just getting older, you know. At running back, I would like to get younger and and more, yeah. you know. But free, I mean, I we did get 
younger. I mean, Gurley's younger than Freeman, but we did upgrade at running back, actually. Uh, I think Gurley out of the backfield catching the ball is a huge upgrade. I, we have gotten very minimal production in the last two years be- with Devontae Freeman with injuries, but also just this year was just abysmal. Some of that's on the offensive line, but also you, yeah. you know, and on Dirk Cutter, but really, you know, Freeman significantly underperformed and, uh, and, and that, that is something that's just unacceptable yeah. uh, at the, at this level and especially being paid the money he's being paid. So you, you cut ways with Freeman. I think that's a good thing. And you upgrade at running back uh, with Todd Gurling. And so, you know, you get a wash maybe at tight end. And maybe it's a downgrade with Hurst. Maybe maybe it's not. We don't know. But you save a bunch of money. You, you But yeah. it gives you the ability to get Todd Gurley where you upgrade. And I think at running back, you, we have to be able to run the football. The reason why we've been finishing 7-9 to nine the last two years, I think a significant reason is because we are terrible at running the football. There is nothing to fear yeah. with play action with us. There's nothing to fear at all with our run game. And so if yeah. we can improve the run game, I think we can steal an extra game or two. You know, and, and that and yeah. we go from seven and nine now to nine and you know seven, and you know that's that's a good that's a good. I think just with acquiring yeah. Todd Gurley, I, mean, I think we added two more wins to our team. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you're right. I think that puts us. I mean, the NFC South is going to be hot this year, so I mean, everyone's obviously high high on the table. I know, I know. Just I'm just saying, like I think, but that those you know you're going to have to have. You're going to have to win the close games that we that we really don't like to win. So we're he might be a guy who can help us do that. I mean, he's a far better receiver than Devontae Freeman ever was, and Ido Smith are. So he's – I mean, if you look at what he did last year at the Rams, I mean, he – you know, part of the reason he was still effective last year was not truthfully running the football, um, but he made a bigger impact probably in actually catching the football. So um, he's a big guy, unlike Devontae. Um, so he, he creates a little bit of mismatches with linebackers where I feel like we weren't able to take advantage of that with Devontae. So um, I think you're right. I think there's an upgrade. Um, and I, I also want to say something about Austin Hooper. I wonder how much, Mikey, how much do you think Austin Hooper was just a product of this past season? His ridiculous numbers uh, was just a product of, um, of a scheme. Do you think there's any, any, any sort of that? Because he got targeted. I don't know the numbers specifically, but he, I mean, he might've been the targeted more than Julio Jones last well, year. So. Hooper is a, uh... Well, sorry, Matt Ryan is is known for definitely looking for the tight end, and, and Austin finally just decided to catch it. So, this year, other years he he has not yeah. decided, you know, to catch the football, and this year he decided to catch some passes thrown his way. And so, I think that's more of the product is he just improved his game, and and I think the scheme with Dirk Cutter allotted for more tight end plays. I don't know. I mean, I'm not blown away by Austin Hooper. When you watch a Kelsey, when you watch a Kittle, you're blown away. When you watch a Gronkowski, you're blown away. He's a mismatch. I don't know if Hooper is necessarily a huge mismatch. Now, Gurley is a mismatch. We get him out there, he's a mismatch. Not only, you know, adding Gurley, we've also added Dante Fowler to the defensive line. So this is is big news. And we cut ways with uh, Vic Beasley. Uh, So, there's, there's the Lord. Trufant, D- Desmond Trufant. So we have, you know, the, the guys that we've been essentially having frustrations with have been Trufant, Beasley, and Hooper. And I think part of the reason is not necessarily, you know, Trufant, he's a good NFL player. So is Beasley. But that's not what they were advertised as. These are first-round picks that are supposed to be impact players. And they weren't. Yeah. And so this is the frustrating thing. I don't think that Trufant is yeah, a terrible corner. They're supposed to be Pro Bowl guys. So I don't, I don't think Trufant's a terrible corner. I don't think Beasley – I actually do think Beasley is a below-average NFL defense lineman. He's going to the Titans. We'll yeah. see if that awakens him. That's a great defense in Tennessee. So that might awaken him. I think that was good for the Titans. Them getting Beasley was a good move. For themselves, but smart. It's it's low. But it's a low we risk. can't it's a low justify risk paying this guy, and we can't justify paying Trufant. Yeah. So cut ways, free up some money, and, 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 yeah. and we didn't. So and then we get this and get Fowler, and that's an improvement. I think Fowler's an improvement from Beasley. At least he's more proven 
than Beasley. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had a phenomenal career. You know, Vic Beasley is a kind of a, he's yeah, a one, one hit year. wonder. So, one year. Yeah. 2016. So that's, that was all great and dandy. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There's underwhelming. It'd be different if their contracts yeah, it, look different. It'd be different too. Like if Vic Beasley, like you didn't see what he could right. do, you know, it's, it's just, well, we're it looks like too much. Yeah, we were, like player. We're and, and this is yeah. something we were kind of stuck in the last two years with, with some bad contracts some salary cap problems yeah. with free, mostly starting with Devonte Freeman and Trufant. Those are those you're, you were paying yeah. some big money for some guys that were not for some C, C yeah, plus you players were not getting like. what you needed to get from guys like that. Uh, if you were going to pay them money, yeah. but good for them. Glad those guys, they need to get paid. They got their money. They got paid. And now it's time to move on and go, go somewhere else. I'll, I'll always love those guys. Be thankful for those guys. Uh, you know, yeah. but they were frustrating because they were being paid like they were a different level and tier of athlete than what they actually were. They were, were yeah. in reality. And so we were kind of stuck. And so I think Fowler is a good addition. I think that I think I think we do have some issues though with the cornerback position on defense as we move yeah. into the draft um, and everything. I think the cornerback position is a big problem for us. And I think the defensive line is still a big problem. And I think the offensive line can use some help as well. So I would be, you know, really interested in seeing how we kind of address some of those needs in the draft and maybe some more in the off season. But before we get to the draft, let us, let us talk about these uniforms. Listen, the world. (laughs) Okay. So I'll let you go first. You go ahead and you share your thoughts on the uniforms. I mean, I texted you. I texted you right away, and I was like, I, I wasn't truthfully. There's some things I don't like, but like when I first looked at them, I was like, I had to stare at them for a while. I obviously love the throwback, the throwback black. I mean, that just, I mean, you just can't beat that. It just is. That's just too good. That might be the classiest uniform in the NFL. Like timeless. You know, Dion's been in it. Matt Ryan's been in it. You know, like. It doesn't. It doesn't get better than that. So that's a, that's a great thing. Um, but they're awesome, dude. They did a great job. So we look. They're swag in our uniforms. We don't look like like as you would say, Mikey clowns. Like we don't have that clown kind of feel in our uniforms anymore. We look. You know, we're embracing this this pretty dope color scheme. So yeah. So let's when. <laughs> okay, so a lot of teams have created new uniforms. Uh, you got the Chargers. I think you got. The Patriots, you got the Bucks, you got the Falcons, you got the Browns. The and Browns. there is only one team out of all those teams that actually changed, legitimately changed their uniforms. And that team is the Atlanta Falcons. I, and, and the Chargers, I think. I think the Chargers, I would call, I would say, no, maybe, I don't know. I would say the, the biggest. They ch- they changed the bolts yeah. and stuff. They didn't, it wasn't huge. And the, the Rams, oh, yeah. you forget the Rams. Yes, the Rams. The Rams. Are a big change. Uh, and I actually haven't seen the Rams. Um, maybe I'll, are they out? I think. Well, they changed their logo. I don't know if they've officially changed. Let me uh, look real quick because I would like to see those. Uh, so, essentially, the only team that actually had a uniform change is legitimately the Atlanta Falcons. And in order to understand why I like this uniform, is you got to understand how much I hated the old uniforms. <laughs> And so the old uniforms, they had this line, this shoulder pad line, like these vertical lines on the shoulder pads that are like stripes with a little bit of black there and a little bit of white and a little bit of red, you know, and, and then inverted for the white ones or, or whatever. And then you had like yeah. under the armpit, like a big black triangle coming down the side. And, and then you had the inverted like stripe on the pants. And it was just like, it was so many lines and so many like pieces and shades and like shades of black, white, and red. It was, it was very jumbled to me. It didn't have a consistency to me. And it did have to me like a circus esque clown tent kind of, you know, feeling to it that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. And like, you know, I enjoyed them. Like they were good or, or decent, but for whatever reason, um, they just, I don't know. Like they just did not, work for me and I was like I don't like them and so for the past you know 17 years I've been sitting there like I really 
We like the uniforms to be different and and to be new and, and to and to change. And so the fact that they changed the uniforms, I'm so excited. They are better than what they were before. Yeah. So they are better than what they were For before. Sure. So I'm already a fan. I'm a big fan because they're better and they're cleaner. There's they're they're more clean, they're less less jumbled, they're less confusing. And I think that these uniforms can be more iconic because it doesn't have so much activity happening on them. And you'll be able to look at the screen and immediately yeah. like register. That's, you know, I thought we looked a lot like the Cardinals sometimes and some other team, you know, and I was like, this is a team. We actually look like the all whites are just, th- those are my favorite uniforms. The white on white, all white, so clean, so, so yeah. fresh looking. And then the black on black, I don't, mind it. it it it's not it does i think the panthers sent out a little tease on us of it looks like uh adam sandler's uniforms from the longest yard and it does you know and it was funny <laughs> and, I, and I, I i hear you and but the stripe is is smaller and and people are like it's like an xfl uniform i'm like here's the thing about people don't understand about atlanta atlanta is progressive atlanta is hip-hop atlanta is different atlanta is unique so it's not like all the yeah. other cities. And Atlanta's not chasing all the other cities. And Atlanta is not a blue blood NFL team. The Falcons. We're not blue blood NFL team. We are literally a product of the expansion. And so we don't have to play by the rules that the Packers, the Steelers, uh, you know, I don't you know, all, you know, the Chiefs, they all have to play by these rules of this tradition. We get the freedom to say, no, we get to be whoever we want to be, yeah. change the uniform. And I think it looks really good. And, and my favorite part, and this grew on me, is the ATL in the center of the chest. I don't think there's a uniform in the league that pays so much tribute to their city. And so I think a lot of people that don't like them because, because it, it looks xfl it looks childish or whatever, I think they look very clean. I think they look very focused. I think it will grow on people, it'll be very iconic, and be a staple moving forward. There's really – it's it's like yeah. you look at them and people are like, man, those are the worst uniforms out of all the uniform changes. Well, all the other uniforms, they're all just a going back, a, a reverting back to their yeah. – there's nothing new about them. And so we got to give – I have to love that the Falcons tried something new. They went out of their way. And I actually like them. And, and so I like them, and I like them more than the yeah. old ones. And so moving forward, I think I'm only going to like them more and more. And, and I, think, I think the ATL in the middle is such a powerful statement and, and tribute to Atlanta as a city. I, I think it's only going to build the fan base even stronger uh, than, than any other yeah. fan base. And so I think that's, that's really cool. And the helmets, satin. Yes, satin helmets with chrome face masks. People, you know, people are like, ah, whatever. I'm like, no, listen, they're amazing. Okay, I'm going to buy one of those. I'm going to wear it no. every single day uh, when I wake up to start my day. Uh, it's awesome. So now the gradient, the gradient, yeah. I'm not a big fan of. But that, I mean, I understand why they did that. They wanted to be creative and they wanted to attract a younger audience. So that makes sense. Yeah, there's. it says it's. It says something about our brand, Mikey. I think that's what you're, that's kind of what you're saying. Like, you know, we have a unique brand that is unique to every right. other NFL team. So, yeah, I think it's fun to embrace that. And I, you know, I think I texted you initially. I was like, I don't like the gradient. But the more and more I look at it and the more and more I think about it, yeah, I think, I think the gradient says something about us, like you said. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, there's no other team who does that. I mean, you look so, at the Browns, um, same. Bucks, I love the Bucks actually, because they went back to their old – I think that is a great look. So good job yeah. on them, but still the same, like nothing. Their uniforms were by far the also, worst uniforms in the history of NFL football was the ones they just got rid of. So they should be doing backflips. Uh, we did not blow and, it like they And blew. they had some, they, they had a, a somewhat of a dynasty to look back on. And so I, I think that makes right. more sense. And people are like, know? oh, we should have gone back to the old ways or whatever. And like, I just don't think that's an Atlanta thing. I don't think Atlanta goes back. Yeah. I think Atlanta is always going forward and, and pushing the envelope. And I think that's a trademark of our football teams. I think that, you know, you, I watched the NFL films. I've had more time lately on YouTube, watched the NFL films one on the 1991 Atlanta Falcons. Awesome film. They pull out 
new uniforms and, and the team has swag and everything. And there's a bunch of crazy guys. And I'm like, that's kind of Atlanta. It's just, it's just being a team that, you know, it's with Glansville and everything. And, and Deion Sanders is on that team. And it's a team that has swag and it's always been a team that has swag. And it's always been a team tied deeply to hip hop, deeply to cold, you know, to the culture. And so, and it's not trying Atlanta is not trying to be another people in Atlanta are trying to be Atlanta. And so it's not like they're copying New York. They're copying other cities. Like it's a newer city, a progressive city. And I think it's awesome that they went with their look. And I think it's going to, I think it's gotten more, the uniform got simpler and it's going to be more iconic and it's going to be more as the year or two go on. And as you watch the Falcons play in those uniforms, I think people are going to love them a lot more. Yeah. No, dude, I'm with you, man. I think you've said all the right things about it. So I'm excited. Um, yeah, they did a great job. So, and yeah, I need to re I need to emphasize too what you said about the helmets. The helmets are going to be disgusting. They look disgusting. They are, they're just, yeah, they're just so cool. So if you see pictures of us on Twitter, wearing our helmets together, watching yeah. games, uh, just know it's because we, we want to be as cool as Calvin Ridley and, and, and I would say, like, so. yeah, I think it's split in the middle. 50% of Falcons. I don't, we can't really care what other people think because it, they're just, it is what it is. But the 50% of Falcons fans, I would say, are for it and 50% are against the uniforms. Or actually, I would say it's like 33% love it, 33% hate it. And I would say 33% are like, eh, so, okay, I'm cool, whatever. And I would say I'm the person on the side of love it. There's a bunch of people who hate it. But I would say 66% of people love it and are like, okay, that's pretty – That's pretty. the more than majority are like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's decent. So – and someone – and people fall within that kind of – that line of thinking on that kind of grading, on that kind of uh, spectrum. So it's not, you know – Yeah. And yes, do I wish there was different things about it? Yeah, I do, but it's okay. I mean, I kind of wish, you know, the red helmet came back. I hope the red helmet does come back at some point. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. um, okay, yeah. so Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, another team that changed their uniforms, but also a team that added the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, and just recently signed Rob Gronkowski. Whoa, this is a totally new Tampa. And so, wow. Just, yeah. wow. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's exciting. I mean, I live 90 minutes from Tampa. I'm probably going to go to a few games to watch. I, I don't remember the last time that Florida had this, like, level of talent playing NFL football. So, <laughs> I, you, would have, you would have to Brad go back Johnson. to, like, oh, you know, two oh three bucks. You know, like, really, the Dolphins have been yeah. nothing, and the Keyshawn Jaguars Johnson. have been nothing. I think Maurice Jones-Drew might be the best thing the Jags had, and Jalen Ramsey. For a while, but yeah, they did but, have that nasty defense, like, This is but. this is crazy. So, uh, listen, Tom Brady, we know uh, did not have a great season last year. Uh, has a good had a good running attack. They had a good running attack. They had, I think, the number one defense in the league last year, and they didn't win a playoff game. So, people are saying, oh, it's because he didn't have any weapons. Maybe, or maybe Tom is just not the greatest right now? I don't know. I mean, is he did he lose think, a little bit? I think it's when people say I think when they say he didn't have weapons, I I don't buy into that. I mean, you know, you have the Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know, his classic sort of no one's important except well, he, he for did. Brady. He had Sony you know, Michelle. Like his, he had some great run a trio of running backs James him. White. He had good offensive line. James White, who is who's arguably behind Christian McCaffrey, one of the best receiving backs, you know, and Alvin Kamara in the league. Like he's when it comes to a re- like specifically a receiving back, like ability with hands and getting ball in space. I mean, James White, you know, probably one of the most underrated guys out there. But he's, I mean, he's a baller. So he's putting up numbers. Um, he stays healthy. Um, and yeah, then they have Sony Michelle, who's um, change of pace, but a bruiser sort of guy. So he's. Um, I don't think there's a lack of that. And they always have an am- amazing offensive line. And yeah, Mikey, they had the best I, I defense. So when you have the best defense in the league, you can, you can have an okay offense. Yeah. And but. I'm, uh, so he had, he had a 
a down year last year. I mean, still a good year. Not he wasn't terrible. He they did great. They had a great season. A great season. Now can, compares the reason why we're saying that Tom Brady had a down year last year is because it's a down year in comparison to what Tom Brady is normally. So it's not oh Tom Brady had a down year. He was like you know the fifteenth best quarterback in the league. Nope, not true. Tom Brady was very good last year. He just wasn't what he normally seems to be. Now, what could that be? We don't know. We know that Tom Brady is out in Tampa. This is, so let's just, let's just lay out what we know. We know Tom Brady has taken the QB role at Tampa. What we know about Tampa is that Tampa does not have as good of an offensive line as the Patriots. Tampa does not have as good as a defense as the Patriots. Tampa does have better wide receivers, and that's it. They do not have a better running back than what the Patriots had, and they also don't have a better coach. So did Tom, what has happened is this is what we know about Tampa. Bruce Arians is not better than Bill Belichick. We know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, especially at the tackles position, is pretty bad, below average. We know that their defense is pretty good, pretty decent. But it's not the number one defense in the NFL that Tom Brady just left. So we do know that Mike Evans is a freak athlete, and so is Godwin, a freak athlete. And we know that Rob Gronkowski is a baller too. So let's get to Rob later, but what has Tom Brady inherited at the Bucs? And the Bucs, I think, what, they finished 6-9, or 7-9, and 6-10 maybe? I don't know this year. You know, James Winston threw for 30 interceptions, so obviously that's a problem. Maybe if he didn't throw for so many interceptions, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't know. But they also lost to the Atlanta Falcons, who finished 7-9 and nine at the end of the season. So I'm just saying. No, the, the Bucks. the Bucks. I think I, I was listening to some interview um, and reading some article about how the Bucks. I think, lost three games last year by less than – six points or something like that. So, I mean, you have a chance to be a 10-win team last year if James Winston doesn't throw so many interceptions. Yeah, I so. think they're a good – I, I think mean, they're not just yeah, so many, a ridiculous a amount. Team. Yeah. I think they were trending in the right direction. I think one of the, they got better at quarterback. That's for sure. That is 100% – they have gotten better at quarterback. That is for sure. So, yeah. they are going to it's win more football games this year. Are they going to go to the playoffs this year? Yes. Are they going to go to the Super Bowl? No. Here's why they're not going to go to the Super Bowl. Their offensive line and their running game. You don't go to the Super Bowl if you can't run the football and if you can't block. So here's here's the deal. You didn't get Tom Brady. The The reason why you got Tom Brady is to go to Super Bowls and win Super Bowls. Are you going to be able to do that in the next two years? I don't know. And I think Rob Gronkowski is a great addition. The issue here with Rob Gronkowski yeah. is his injury, and he took a year off, and is he ready? I think he'll be ready. I think they're motivated. People are like, oh, Tom's not motivated. Rob's not motivated. No, they're going to be motivated. They're going to want to win football games. The Bucs have significant – are better, and, and they should win the division. Will they win the division? I think Buck fans are – Buccaneer fans are a little too – I think they're a little too prideful in the fact that they think they'll win the division. I think Tom Brady has not faced – the level of competition in a division yeah. that he's about to face ever. Yeah. Ever. I don't think I, Mark Sanchez, is that the last quarterback in his division that was like threatening them? I think it, I think it was, that was 10 years yeah, ago. The last I mean, you got MVP, Matt Ryan, you got MVP, Drew Brees, and you got Teddy Bridgewater. You got the, I think the Panthers are in the most trouble this year. But you also have McCaffrey with the Panthers. You have Todd Gurley with the Falcons, and you have Alvin Kamara with the Saints. I, I, I do the now. Here's where it's different. I think the defenses, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers are not as up to par as it was with the Bills and with the uh, the Jets. I think those were some good defenses that he was facing during his time. So it could be give or yeah. take. I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think the NFC South is the most fascinating division in NFL right now. And I'm so hoping that we have football so I can watch it and see it take place. I mean, you have, 
you have three potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks it's playing incredible. in one division. I mean, think about that. Like, yeah, you have Matt Ryan, who, for all the Atlanta Falcons fans, we hate how underrated he is. But, I mean, he's up there with stats-wise with some of the greats. You know, like, he's he's not shying away, you know. And he's – I mean, he's still – playing well like he is still effective and has not shown that he's dropped off at all you know um and then yeah you have drew Brees, who's you know putting up ridiculous numbers he had he was injured last year with his thumb and stuff and teddy came in and, and balled out but he's still i mean they're all putting up ridiculous numbers i think this is going to be yeah it's going to be a, a wild year and it's going to it's going to be a nail biter i mean you could have i mean this is going to be probably one of those years we have two N- nfc south teams um you know, in the playoffs again because there's just so much talent. Well, and let's it. even just so, add in the variables. Um, You've added another game to the season, so now you have 17 football games. So yeah. you're going to ask 43 year old Tom Brady to play 17 games, and Rob Gronkowski to make it 17 games. So then you're going to do that. Then you're going to have an additional potentially playoff game. If you if you're a wild card team, you're going to play more playoff games. So you got you know normally you got like three playoff games in the Super Bowl. So now you're you're adding potentially if you want to get to the Super Bowl, two more full length football games to a forty three year old. I'm just I mean and it's gonna get yeah. colder. And he's gonna play in colder weather. Yeah. So I'm, I my theory and then you have the coronavirus that is preventing them from being able to do things normally as a team and build team chemistry. I honestly kind of feel like it's a little bit like the Cleveland Browns a little bit last year where everyone was like OBJ. Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's totally different because it's Tom Brady. But yeah. it's almost so much positive. It's almost like so much like write them in to win the NFC that it's like it can't possibly be that easy. Just to Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they sneak in as a wild card, that's a disappointing season. With all the hype that is coming around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like you know what I'm saying? Like, if they don't win the NFC South, and potentially even if they don't get a first-round bye, it's like that's a disappointing season. You know what I'm saying? Like, with all the hype. So it's almost impossible to live up to it. And like you said, there, there's just so many variables that people who haven't watched NFC South football, a.k.a. watching the Buccaneers play football, you know, hinting at, like you've already mentioned, the worst offensive line I think and I the Bucs finished seen, third last year in the know. NFC South. So just acquiring Tom Brady, yeah. does that make you the first-place team? I am not so sure. And people are like, I mean, I just don't, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to manage the game the way that the Patriots have in the past. You don't, I mean, Bruce Arians is an amazing coach. He's not Bill Belichick. So he's not coming in with, I mean, he's just not, not that he's, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl, So he's, you know, and I'm, he is an amazing coach. Don't take away from that, but he's not Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is. Who did Bruce you know, win a Super Bowl with? NFL coach Dick. I thought he won. I don't Didn't know. I, I, I've been wondering what he's done with his career. I don't know too much, a ton about him. I know he coached with the Cardinals, but um, he may have. So, uh, um, Let me look real quick. Uh, oh, he. Had, yes, it? he did. He won with the Steelers when he wasn't the head coach, and then he went he was, to the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. with the Cardinals. So he wasn't the head coach of the Steelers back when they. Yeah. When they won, yeah, I think. So. I think sure they can maybe win the division. I, I, I just think I think it's they're definitely going to be better. So I, and I agree with them. Um, I just think it's not the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean he's going Brady's going to take more hits playing for the Bucks. Does what does that affect on a forty three year old? I don't know. Eventually you do like because you're older you do your body heals longer. So science I guess in a sense catches you, but. But I am super yeah. excited though, and I'm, I'm don't he's, hear me saying like, "Oh, being big. you know, Buccaneer fans say, "Oh, Drew Breesy's declining too." And I'm like, "Well, you guys got to look in the mirror. You got Tom Brady who declined last year, apparently." They're like, "Oh, he can still throw." I'm like, "Well, Drew Brees can still throw too." So like, they're well, Drew Drew Brees is, I mean, they they also have, I mean, they have a defensive. They have a defense that is phenomenal. You know, the Buccaneers defense has got a lot better than they did. You know, they're still not well, do- amazing. They still need help in, in the secondary, you know, and they had injuries last year. But, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, like, Drew Brees has Alvin Kamara in the backfield. They have one of the best offensive lines. You know, like, Drew Brees, the play action is money for Drew Brees. He gets to ride the play action. He gets to 
Pass the ball to Michael Thomas. Nothing against Mike Evans, right. but Michael Thomas he's is better than Mike Evans. One of the most talented Blue wide receivers. Is better he's than better than Mike Evans. So, like I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I mean, and then you got DJ Moore. You got a rising star in DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore is a freak. I think DJ Moore is going to go I off just, this next year. You know, he had an amazing season last year. I just, I just don't know. I mean, I know everybody's saying this, but people don't. I just don't think realize what they're saying, what they're asking. So you have, I mean, you have to play, you know, six games, six of your games are going to go against six of the best teams in the league. I mean, you're going to, you know, playing six of like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are arguably the best running backs in the league. You know, it's like, that's guy you have to face every week. And those are teams who are going to, and and he's up there. Yeah. And then you have Julio Jones, Jones. the best wide receiver. Mike Tom, I mean, these are, I mean, yeah. I'm being a Falcons yeah. fan right now. So it's like folks, you, don't, don't you, you don't get to, to think. Yeah, I am being. A... But the idea is, you have a team who can, who is, you have teams who have proven they can hand the ball off and still control a game and still win some games. Yeah, you you're know? not, you're not, you're not playing like, against the Bills. You're not Chris, playing against the Dolphins. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, you don't get James White, you don't get Sony Michelle, you know, you don't get Steve Ridley. All these guys you've had in the past, you know, you don't get Legarrette Blunt. You're not getting guys that you just get to hand the ball off to. So. And watch them work, you know. And you don't you don't have the offensive mind that you've had in the past. You don't have Bill Belichick helping scheme against defenses like. So it's going to be a lot more writing on Tom Brady, you know. Which he's the right. goat, dude. He Nothing, can do he can do amazing <laughs> things. I think they're going to be they're going to be asking more of him. Than and we've been Patriots the recipients last year. So of he's going to have to do more. So we know he's amazing. So yeah, get us wrong. We we but I'm yeah. And, you know, and you're not going to get, you know, you might not even get the, you know, the documentary film team, Bill Belichick's personal documentary film team in the stands either. Helping you, helping you, helping right. you read defensive plays. So, well, you, um, you have, um, well, well, when you're joining a worse, you're joining a poorly managed, a more poorly managed organization with more front office issues. But I'm go- it's going to be very telling what the Bucks do. If the Bucks do not draft at number 14, a defensive, I mean, an uh, offensive tackle, then they are stupid. Like, I mean, I'm not even lying to you. Like, they got to get one of these offensive tackles in the draft. And if they don't, yeah. then we will know that the Bucks are still the Bucks and are still going to behave like the Bucks, even with Tom Brady. Because if they go and draft a wide receiver or anything other than a tackle with their first pick, they have, they have made a huge mistake. And it, it would just be more of a understanding of like this team is legitimate has made him big is, is still the Buccaneers. So we'll be very telling And So, you know, what, with this draft coming up, like there, and the Falcons are projected, you know, I've heard rumors that they want a chase young, that they would be willing to trade up to number two if the price was right. And that would be awesome if they did. I don't know if they're going to um, try to, I don't even. What would you? Yeah, have, what would you have you, to give? They would to get go a crazy. Second, a lot of people are saying the LSU kid, Chasen, uh, like Caleb Vaughn. I would love to get a defense alignment. Yeah, I would love a defense alignment. I would love one. I, I want to. I want to have a team but, that crushes the opposing quarterback, and that gets to Tom Brady. That gets to. We have to get some. We gotta get it. We were one of the worst pass rushing teams in the league. We have to be able to get to Breeze and be able to get to uh, Tom Brady. Got to. And uh, that's yeah. so I would love for us to go defensive line. If we go corner, I'm going to just – I cannot stand us picking corners. I'm tired of picking corners. Corners, forget – just stop picking them. If you have a good defensive line, you can be an average corner and have a great season because the QB can't make great throws because he's getting destroyed. So these, yeah. these are the, you know, the things – it starts and, in the and trenches, I would love to get so. one of these offensive. Linemen, I mean, get an offensive lineman or a or or a. Uh, we're gonna go. We we gotta go defensive, dude. We're gonna take. You know, there's a part of me that wants to take a defensive tackle or something. You know, now we have Tack McKinley on the edge, and on the other side it. we have Dante Fowler. They did say they did say they did say in interviews. Um, Dan Coach Quinn once they said he wants another pass rusher. Which makes sense, you know. I mean, well, the, the Kinlaw kid know, out of South Dante Carolina Fowler is, is a little bit on the, the older. Kinlaw place. kid out of South Carolina is uh, that is, is a freak is somewhere on the street. But he's, he, 
Oh, man, I yeah, just man. would love to get one of those guys, defense alignment or an offense alignment. I, I just think just keep yeah. building the line of scrimmage, and the rest will fall in place. Yeah. I also think – I mean, it's, 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 we have a unique draft board this year. I mean, there were some – you know, uh, we, have, we have some earlier we – se- we don't have seven picks this year, but, you know, we have uh, we have five picks in the first four rounds. So that's a pretty big – I feel like that's a pretty big deal. You know, we've given up a fifth and a sixth round, but we're – you know, we have some five picks in the first four rounds. So that's – I feel like we're going to – I think we're going to see us – do you see us drafting a running back at all maybe because Todd Gurley's on this one year and Ito Smith is, you know – Proving that he can be capable, but he's not proving he can be the guy. So, thank you for listening to the Grits Blitz. We love our listeners, and we love that you guys have chosen uh, to follow us and to uh, listen to this podcast. We know that you guys have many choices to make when you want to listen to a podcast. And so thank you so much for picking us um, and and, and we value that and we love you guys uh, for that. Um, But one thing we do need help with is is getting some reviews on our podcast as we try to grow the show. So if if you feel led to, and if you feel like we have deserved it, don't give it to us if we haven't deserved it. But if if you feel like we deserve it, could you give us a five-star review um, and and give us a five-star review with a comment on on what you liked about the show and that would be incredible as we look to the future and look to grow this show and uh, and hopefully um, and make it bigger and bigger over the years so thankful for you guys and, and and we love you guys